0: This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer, how are you? Cheers. <laughs> What's going on? i
1: yeah, fabulous, other than a little injury.
0: Oh, that's all injury. What happened, dear? Uh, I haven't seen you in two weeks, so <clears throat> let's well, be clear. It wasn't <laughs> me. I didn't injure you.
1: You did not injure me. Um, it was my twenty-year high. It was my. 20 year wedding anniversary last week.
0: Oh, congratulations
1: on 11 11 one is when we got married. And um, I um got my ribs cracked. I have a cracked rib. What? Yep, it was, it was, yes, it was from sex. And oh. I had a little <laughs> wait bit wait a minute,
0: fat. that's my joke. I had to throw that in there, but no. you just toss it out there. Okay, so
1: no, no. Uh- it was a sex injury. And I didn't want to stop. So it was one of those things where I was happy I had tequila, but then afterwards, I'm like, oh, my, it really hurts.
0: Wow. <laughs> it
1: hurts to breathe. But
0: wait a minute. Was your husband in the room?
1: It was actually with him. Can you believe <laughs> that?
0: I did get I a mean, joke. Said in
1: to him, I'm like, well, at least it was with you. And he goes,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, say you got a joke in there. I got a joke in there. That's very good. I know. Was he, so he wasn't injured.
1: No, he just misplaced his hand. <laughs> and I didn't oh, want to. Oh, I'm and so like, sorry. And he's so like, you, we both heard right. it like pop. Like we heard like a little snap and I'm like, oh. it's okay. We're, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> wow. So did you go see the doc?
1: Nope. I'm going tomorrow. Uh-huh.
0: That was- oh, that's, I see. Cause you were leaning over a little earlier and you said, ow.
1: Yeah, oh. I can't. It's hard to. Wow. I
0: know. I'm so sorry to hear, hear that. I think.
1: TMI. hey the whole reason why we're still married i'll take the cracked rib it's totally fine
0: wow that's pretty uh, good
1: there's dialogue
0: <clears throat> there's a there's right. marriage advice for you right there coming from the flip side,
1: <laughs> the flip side sure. god they don't watch okay
0: speaking of the flip side <laughs> does our friend luana have anything she'd want to uh bring up to the plate or has she got anything on her clipboard or how's she doing
1: as the audience knows, nothing. Yes, your
0: empty clipboard.
1: I know, and I you put one on there.
0: And
1: um, so she hello. did me earlier, which was funny because I just got shown that. Um, she says, that you have a lot to say. Hold on. She's showing you in my mind's eye. When she does that, that means you. Hold on. When yes. When you're right in front of me. Um, <clears throat> two days ago, a dream possibly a dream, and then, and then she showed me Sherry. So did Sherry have something happen where she talked about it?
0: Like a um, dream. <clears throat> yeah, I think, listen, I think, uh, um, you know, I'm not trying to make it fit, but we, yes, a couple of days ago, I did have a, an unusual dream. And it was like, as I was going to sleep, I thought, oh, I'm going to see if I can have a conversation with somebody, you know, while I'm asleep. And I sort of set the stage like a a meditation, picture yourself in a boat on a river. And then you imagine all that. And then you invite someone to come and have a conversation. That's, and as I went to sleep, but in the dream, it was more along the lines of being with people, um, you know, and communicating with them. And I, and I, when I woke up, I wasn't quite sure who it was, but I assumed it might be Lou. And Sherry did mention something about her own, you know, having a, a dream about something. I don't remember what it was. So at this point, dreams, you know, come on.
1: I know. But she says they're prolific right now. Okay. That's interesting. So we are having, check this out, along the theme of funny things, a beaver moon. So I kid you not, look it up.
0: I, We're having, I believe you.
1: We are having a beaver moon and an eclipse this Friday. Oh, okay, an eclipse, cool. Yes, and it's, I believe it is supposed to be, if it's able to be seen, the longest eclipse since for like 514 years or the biggest eclipse, I'm not sure, I know. So the beaver moon is what they called it. I can't stop laughing about the name because I've never even heard that before.
0: I've seen a photograph of I think it was like a full moon and somebody had like you know the captured it the full beaver moon or whatever. But Lou, so that is that what you're is that you want to
1: that's what that's what's making our dreams a little bit more prolific, I believe. Oh, I
0: see what you're saying. So it's almost like a all right. Like she
1: just took a rope and said, rain it back.
0: Okay. So but that but that idea we're talking about process, right? Which is how do you make dreams? Right. So not just interpret dreams, but the idea of how does the physiological affect the body? And of course, the body has so much amount of water and we know that the moon has an effect on the Earth's gravitational pull. And so the idea of a full moon or let's say a stronger, closer might affect the amount of, let's say, the water table that's in you, which might affect your dreams, something like that.
1: and she's also accidents. People are going to be a little bit more accident prone. No, I'm like, seriously, that is what, like, what is the point of this? Do I need to slow down? What do I need to do? And I actually got, and I do not believe everything happens for a reason, even though you do. And I know in hindsight, they usually do. Okay. I'm not saying yeah. that. Well, it's, a, it's impossible I, to know all
0: the factors. That's
1: when I, uh, when I asked that question, What I was given was I need to take care of my body better. I'm like, okay. Hello. So it was not related necessarily to that, but right now I can't work out for six weeks. I'm going bonkers. And going,
0: like, going. You, know, you can't go somewhere you already are, my dear. Anyway, yes, of course. Just waiting, and
1: then waiting for that. Just waiting. Okay. For also, you're welcome. I also said today that and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. now. I'm interrupting
0: you. No, you're not. No, I was. It was just that riff of you. Watching out for your body, taking care of your body. When your body pops while you're in the middle of doing physical activity, it's trying to tell you something, which means you need to, you know, take care of that yeah. part of your that's
1: body. You do a little bit more. Yeah. So then, um, what, you know, when I said this, I said on uh, my Facebook page when I quoted the Beaver Moon, because I do think that's really funny. Um, I said this, bring, this brings us a time to get rid of anything that no longer serves our highest good, and I did ask that. But if you don't ask it with ease and grace, you might pop a rib.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that tips from the it's called, it's hacking the afterlife literally. And I remember, did I,
1: yeah, I'm like, did I <laughs> did I channel that from you? And she goes, no. She goes, you innately knew that with with my experience over the last two weeks. Because I had my son come home after 70 days being abroad. I had, I had my mother-in-law here as of today for another 10 days. I have all these things, like everybody, we have our holidays that are coming up. So everybody feels a little bit more, a little bit more crazy. But what I do love that I'm seeing is Christmas lights are up or just white lights are up or it doesn't even matter. People are getting more in the holiday spirit, I think, because we've been clo- cloistered up for so long. You know, so it's, it was so fun coming home last night. I actually took Tiana, our FBI agent, um, it was her birthday, took her out to dinner. And when I was coming home, I noticed all the lights and they're not, they're not usually put up this early, you know, but everybody's getting into the spirit, whether you like it or not, um, humbug for some people, but now's the time to just let things go and literally shoot for the stars. Like, don't limit yourself to your own thinking and hear me out. Allow the universe to show up for you. Don't say, I want to have this because the universe will let you want it. Assume as if you already have it. Mm. And when it comes to your heart, we've talked about the heart and our heartstrings over and over and over again, and how that's how things are looked at. Your heart is where your intentions are. It's not what you say. It's not what you do your intentions. That's what's the, fr- that's the frequency that gets sent out to the universe to match.
0: Okay. Well, Lou, do you want to weigh in on what we're talking about here? Which is this idea. Okay.
1: She says she did tell me that though. That's funny.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. i um, so taking credit for it. We like that.
1: Okay. Now, hold on a second, but she didn't take credit for the other part, which was interesting. Um, hold on. I'm not going to ignore it as you know, yeah. She says she wants me to
0: talk to Hyra. Okay, very good. For the, I I, okay, go ahead. Well, yeah. and just for our viewers that are tuning in for the last time or the first time, Hyra is the dog that I used to walk for like three years when I worked for a screenwriter, Robert Town. Jennifer and I had a conversation with Hyra um, a couple of years ago, just whimsically. I We were talking to somebody on the flip side that both Robert and I knew and he was talking about his journey. And it just popped into my head. I asked, could we talk to Hira? And Jennifer didn't know who Hira was. Okay.
1: No. Sorry? It's it, just so sweet.
0: It's so sweet. Go ahead. Oh, just I'm giving context. Hira's a dog, a yeah. Hungarian commodore who passed away about 30 some years ago. And okay. he's come through many times. But go yeah. ahead.
1: So but I just know I'm not thinking of him. I'm like, really?
0: No, yeah, I know.
1: That's right. So, Hyra wants to talk to us about as in response to all the animals. So they started showing me in my mind's eye. And when I say for the listeners that um, don't understand that it, my mind's eye is right here. So it goes internally, not externally. Okay. When I say it's your pineal glands, what all the pictures and feelings and emotions go through that being said, so they were showing me, all the animals I've been talking to lately for people here on Earth, people that are here. I had one client, um, so sweet, who was watching you're watching us or um, watching a movie on Gaia. Very, very sweet. Um, she she gave me a name, and I was looking for a person, not a dog. I'm like, oh, because I when it, I specifically look for people versus a dog, sure. You know? So, just for the listeners, if you want to talk to your dog, say it's a dog, just so I don't have to go in there and try to look for, for it. Just <laughs> confuses me. But the dog had so many wonderful things to say to her, and just adores her, and and was so sad. Like she was. People are heartbroken then their animals pass away. Yeah. Um, okay. What do you want to say, Hyra? He first of all wants to say thank you, Richard, for walking me. All those times when you didn't want to walk me and he says you were on the phone a lot or you are pa system or whatever no,
0: pa i was a pa production assistant
1: okay hold on he said they were fine because we always got into mischief
0: well he got into mischief i got yelled at after he would go to the into the mischief he goes I, would...
1: he goes I did that on purpose because what else would robert well, I mean, sorry. well,
0: all right. Let me ask you this, Hyra. I mean, this is a specific question. How did you I mean, did you know that when we would go for a walk, you would go to the head of the movie studios front door and leave your business on the front door of his doorstep? Did you know that was him?
1: Of course I did. Every
0: so, time. And then I get a call from a secretary saying, I saw you. I saw you and the dog outside our door. And I'd say, I didn't do that. I, what am I That's supposed to what do? what
1: he was hoping would happen, is that you would get
0: blamed, which is hilarious. But think about that for a second. This is a big movie studio, and I'm walking him wherever he wants to go. Literally, I'm not walking him. He's walking me. I, he has no leash. And and he would just walk right oh, over he said to... He didn't
1: like. he said he didn't like the way they talked to Robert.
0: He would go right to Frank Wells, that was the head of the studio, his office, and just park himself right there and leave, you know, this monster thing, creature on his doorstep. And, you know, the one first time it happened, it was like, oh my God, you know, this was before we had plastic bags to do anything. I just didn't, I left it there. And then he kept doing oh, it. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so, yeah, so anyway, hi, so the thing is you'd mentioned Robert,
1: how- Robert would scold him and give him a treat. He wouldn't really scold him, but he'd get filled back. Oh,
0: I, Honestly, Robert would couldn't care less. He would have found it amusing because- Hira, uh, I was talking about it with somebody yesterday, Hira was closer to him. If you're going to talk about variations of love, you know, and yes. uh, the sort of the, the different strata of you have love between a mother and a son, et cetera, et cetera, their relationship is stronger in terms of love, unconditional love than pretty much any relationship I've seen because of the way they communicated with each other. Hyra was given the credit for the movie Greystoke, Tarzan. His name is on the screenplay, because when Robert met Hyra and interacted with him, that inspired him to write a story about an ape who was sentient, and he used that story. Oh, wow. And and so yesterday, somebody posted, and I reposted it, something about *Coco*. You know the, the, I
1: love that movie. I love it. Day of the Dead. Well,
0: no, not that. I'm sorry. The K. Coco was an ape who used yeah. sign language. Used sign language. I know
1: what you're talking about. Sorry. And
0: And so Robin Williams was close with Coco. And I know that you and I, many years ago, had a short, simple conversation with Coco, asking Coco about his journey crossing over. What's so funny? Robin Williams?
1: No. It was Hira saying, this isn't about Coco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Hira. Back right. to you. Back to you. What is, what I just is thought team? it was
1: funny. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, this isn't about Coco. I want to teach our listeners how to connect with their pets.
0: Okay. Very good. Thank you, Hira. Reel me back in.
1: He what? says it's different. And we, OK, just to really the honest, too, we've never done this before. We've, we've talked about how to connect with loved ones. But have we talked about how to connect with pets?
0: Uh, no, let's let's talk about it. High, and,
1: and for the record, I didn't know it was any differently. So
0: well, well let's, maybe it's similar, but let's find out.
1: OK. Oh, you act like we are right in front of you because we are.
0: Okay, that's like number one. So pretend, for the lack of a better word, imagine, imagine your pet is in front of you. Uh,
1: he said, "Don't imagine. Just know I'm. A, just know we are in well, front."
0: Well, I'm just I saying. Know what
1: you're saying. I yeah, know. yeah.
0: I'm just trying to help humans figure out what that means. So they are in front of you, and then what's the next step?
1: Okay, you're right. He says, "Then you grab their paw." And I said, "What about cats?" And he goes, "He goes, we're not talking about cats." And he started laughing. He goes, "Cats, cats have paws too."
0: <laughs> oh my god, we're <laughs> going to laugh from Hira. On the flip side, I'm like, <laughs> "This but hurts
1: my rib." <laughs> I,
0: I just, that. I'm sorry, no laughing. So, all right, I just want to help people in the audience, and this helps us. Number one, imagine them or picture them in front of you. Number two. Imagine or picture that you're holding their paw or some part of their body, let's say, but a paw is a perfect example. And note,
1: and he said, know that they are not in any pain whatsoever while they're in front of you, because some caregivers, you know, before they pass, they would be afraid to hold their paw And we
0: talked paw. about that. It's almost like a frequency adjustment. If you start believing that they're in pain or they're suffering or they're gone, you lose the ability to just focus on holding the paw. Now, Hira, do you think about how that feels in your hand? Does the human think about that? Like the energy, is it warm? Is it cold? Is it hard? Is it soft? To help them focus or the feeling of the fur, the pads on their feet? Yeah.
1: Try to bring that to life.
0: Try he to said, bring that to life. He's saying and that,
1: closing your eyes will help. Closing your eyes, holding out your hand. Okay. And he just showed me, you know how sometimes I'll hold my hand out and you can see the energy with my hand. He says, yeah, he goes, we are there.
0: Okay, so it's literally one. Imagine them two hold their hold their paw. And now the question would be what what form of communicate are we going to ask a question or ask for a question to be asked for us or what is it? First of all, he
1: want, I wanted, I started laughing again because he's like, now you're interrupting me. Like Richard does you you <laughs> And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just went right back. But he said, hold on a second. I know. Then he said, you talk to us like you normally would talk to us. He said, I project the reason. The reason why it's so easy for dogs to communicate and cats and animals is because they communicate the same way they do here over there.
0: So talking, uh, would, would we ask a question or would we say,
1: ask a a question. You can say, hi, probably, you know, however you talk to your animals and you can say, how are you doing? And then just try to silence, just try to silence yourself.
0: To get a response,
1: and see the feelings that come towards you.
0: Okay, so, and if I may,
1: like I just did it real fast to with yeah. my cat that I had for seventeen years, my cute little black cat named Kitty. And I said, "How are you doing? Or what's going on?" And she made me feel like I miss being on your lap. and She just came on my lap.
0: Showed you that. She so, on my lap. so, but here's the thing, Hira. Once you open up that door, so is it. Is it okay for people to ask a question that might help the commu- so them see the communication? So, for example, I often ask, who was there to greet you when you crossed over? Or what was the experience like? They're Does that gonna, help? They'll get
1: in their head. But it's too... Because they have it, to
0: think about it too much.
1: Too much. So, And then if they even get the right answer, they'll think that they made it up. So
0: um so literally on. you're holding a paw and you just say how are you doing like the way you used to talk mm-hmm. imitate that in your mind's eye right. not allowed
1: if, a if, if you said you need help then put a picture of them in front of you
0: or get their very good a picture that's helpful or
1: even ash is like really because that's well, like, yeah, whatever it is whatever okay. you Whatever you feel closest to.
0: Could be a collar, could be ashes, could be something. But a photograph is very easy to do because you can see their presence.
1: Right. But he really wants us to really like hold on, like really put your hands out and have them, the paw on your hand. Like he really wants that to be because that's going to be your connection. Okay.
0: And I, but I I should ask.
1: and know that no other animal is going to come in and try to fool you just like we think dead people do the same thing yeah
0: yeah well let's just set that aside for now but it is the next question is to give us an example how people would believe that it's actually occurring and the, and the way that we've discussed it in the past with humans which is a thought comes into your head before you ask the question
1: like my cat getting in my lap so when I asked the question, my cat was already, it showed me immediately before I finished the question that sh- she was in my lap.
0: So Hiro, is that one way to do it? To sort of ask the question? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Okay, very but, good. But leave it open-ended, he said, you know.
0: like right. yes, it doesn't have to be. And what comes to my mind is asking a question like, so how are you doing might include just watching them doing something that you used to watch them do And then they put that into your mind as a projection, like jumping or, you know, chasing a Frisbee or running in a field or barking at something or whatever. Yeah. And that image now, you allow that that image might be them, uh, you know, is them having that communication with you. And then you continue the conversation, which might include something, other questions, just, you know, how's it going? Who are you hanging out with? Have you seen Billy Bob? And then before you ask the question, suddenly Billy Bob is in your mind playing with your dog before you've even said it. Something like that? Yeah.
1: I just asked him, like, how are you doing? He just put his paw in my hand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now uh, we would be remiss if we didn't ask Hira if he has any comments for Robert, who's the person who he adored and lived with and keeps an eye on.
1: He says, tell Robert about this podcast.
0: I will. Okay. I shall. And,
1: and tell Robert he saw me when he woke up yesterday morning, like briefly, like right as he was coming to. Corner his
0: of his eye. eye. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, that he's always around him. Now, you know, just for the audience, this that is. That so sweet.
1: He just said goodbye.
0: Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I love that he comes in. He completely throws our podcast in the air. Luan, he gets right in front of the line. Just right. well, that's what's so in front funny. of everybody. <laughs> you know, and I, I was going to say, when we first had this conversation and Jennifer said, I was like, can we talk to Hira? And Jennifer said later on, you know, when you asked me that, I saw this big white rug, a big, you know, shag rug. And that was his fur. He had, you know, his whole fur was like a big shag rug. Um, and, And then Robert held up a photograph of, by the way, that a clip of that moment in time exists in the film, Hacking the Afterlife. So if anybody doesn't believe what we're talking about, just watch the movie. It's on Gaia or Amazon Prime. And within a conversation, casual, just a chat that Robert and Jennifer and I are having simultaneously on the air, you hear me ask the question, can we talk to hyra and robert laughs and says how are you going to do that right without uh, even a concept of knowing he doesn't know you see what i'm saying he did jennifer didn't know who i was talking about i knew who i was talking about hey. his reaction was normal which is like what how do you do that and um, instantly hyra came in and started talking to us and eventually as I noted in the film, he started talking about a buffalo uh, on Catalina that he challenged once with Robert. Now, Robert was there. I didn't know that. I'd never seen that. Jennifer couldn't know it. Anyway. And by the way,
1: that's what makes, Robert still doesn't really want to talk to people, but this is what makes him believe in the afterlife. Exactly, exactly. Animals are there. Could you imagine, I was laughing about this. I'm like, if animals could talk, they'd probably become extinct. What do you mean? Because they could tell you where you've been, what you're doing, who you're seeing, what, you know, whether you're going to die or not. But you know what I mean? They could bust everybody.
0: (laughs) Well, because
1: they have that ability to
0: listen. Then there's this other thing, which which is here hovering behind us, which is, of course, if animals are sentient
1: beings,
0: of course, they are. And once we accept that that's the case, then we really have to adjust how we view our treatment of them on the planet. There's a great story where Sir Francis Young, husband a hundred and some years ago, 1906, invaded Tibet with British troops, and and then when they got to the uh, the person who was the Dalai Lama had left behind this monk, they were saying, you know, we've come here to negotiate with you and we're a spiritual people you don't understand we british people are spiritual and, and the the Rinpoche said you're not spiritual at all i can i've seen how you treat your animals it was such a powerful thing to say and it was so out of the view of this general who eventually by the way had an epiphany and like became this pacifist started the council of world religions after meeting oh, wow. this monk uh, it's another story, but I just it's just to me, we see how you treat your animals. Everybody it,
1: wants to come back and be my dog.
0: my husband <laughs> dog- right. But you see what I'm saying It's problematic for vegans, you know versus and then it's also to understand because you can have these conversations with any animal and ask them what the journey is like. and we've heard we've heard from animals saying, it's not we understand the process. It's not a big deal because a cow, let's say, right. comes well, over plant.
1: I asked him well, Hira, well, what do you think like about cows? I mean he's like, I don't like cows. I <laughs> like buffalo. Like he's just like, I don't like well, cows. He,
0: he does have a sense yeah. of humor as well, Let's I forget. But my point is
1: I know though. I know
0: what you're saying.
1: And I could hear like leaves, salad was not leaves, but salad was more like it Help was hard. me it was harder for me to eat a salad because of it being so alive than it was a piece of meat that was already gone.
0: Right. But my, anyway, I'm saying, right. Not because I'm aware of that. That's amazing. But I, I just wanted to say before people think there's, you know, it's, you can't eat any meat. That's not not what the animals are saying. The animals are saying we understand the process. However, let's say, you may come back again, and I might eat you if you're coming back to the planet, because we don't know. I mean, I had this conversation with a panther in the book, Architecture of the Afterlife, where a panther showed up in somebody's view, and I asked the panther questions. And the panther was saying, you know, I you just don't get it, you humans. You know, we come here, of course, we understand the process. You don't. But, you know, people, you get hungry, and then the process of being on the planet is you eat the thing. Yeah. You know that you're hungry to I know, eat. they're not. <laughs> That's funny. And then you come back, and then you keep doing it, and it's this. It's not a cycle that you have to get out of, but it's a. It's because you volunteer. That's what okay. makes it so problematic. Anyway, so Hira, I appreciate you coming by to have that chat for us. Lou, who would did you like ever, to? you were
1: like high five, Hira. High
0: paw. Yeah, Hi paw. Did I high paw? I, I don't. Well, maybe it's possible. I don't... I can't...
1: Not going to make it fit. He just went high five
0: to me. Uh, hilarious. Why Wait, not?
1: Right now Robin Williams is here. Hold on. Of, of course it he is. is I know. But it's so excited.
0: Robin, what's up? He just said high paw. High paw. Okay, very good.
1: Oh, he wants to talk about it. Hold on. Oh, as long as the cows weren't being mistreated, because that goes into the energy that you eat.
0: I understand. Okay, I didn't say that. And thank you, Robin, for bringing that up. And okay, you did show up in this clip. Well, actually, it was uh, Mr. Rogers' clip with Coco. And Coco was expressing what it was like to see her mother killed by poachers. And it was a very powerful thing because, of course, nobody in the room had heard the you know ape describe something that they didn't know. But you got to know Coco. I think we've asked you this, though, whether you've been able to hang out with her since you've been back.
1: Hold on one second. I'm having a private conversation with them, and I just need to get through it. So just we'll take five or
0: three. Okay. Sorry. Pausing for Robin. Okay. So, Robin, we don't want to know what you privately said to Jennifer, privately. But we do want to know what's up. How you doing? What's going on? Who are you helping? Who are you hanging out with?
1: Uh, he goes prince and i are writing the forward to your next book
0: (laughs) oh okay very good uh your opinion of of that sir your opinion of the next book i assume you guys know what it is nobody in the audience knock
1: it out of the park uh
0: dreamer anyway no i appreciate that can i put that on the cover he
1: he just says it ties all the books together
0: you're talking about this yes i know what he's talking about what am i saying um
1: and he says that hold on (laughs) is this supposed to be two volumes
0: oh i have two books
1: okay hold on
0: second one's a little more controversial this one that he's talking about i know what he's saying i mean i'll tell everybody what he's saying but go ahead
1: it's gonna be two books on that one
0: Two books on on the second one, you mean?
1: The first one. The one that, okay, the one that you know he knows about. Sorry.
0: Well, let me just say, uh, no, it's finished. It's called Tuning Into the Afterlife, how to stay in touch with the flip side. Um, And I'm just finishing up the audible, you know, the me talking. My favorite.
1: Everybody loves it.
0: (laughs) And I, you know, there was a point when I started to think like, oh, there was a section about Robin. And I was thinking this, this section doesn't really fit here. And it was like, I heard him say, I dare you to take it out. (laughs) And I was like, because that was the
1: whole reason why he was here today was to confirm that little bit right there. He wanted to talk about your book. That's so,
0: and for those who have heard us talk about this before, when I was writing Hacking the Afterlife, I had written a whole chapter about him and had taken it out without telling Jennifer anything about it. And then she said, Robin is here. And he says, put my chapter back in the book. And I was like, what? And my brain went, oh my God, is Jennifer like, you know, hiding? How how could she know? So I just put the thing back in, um, you know. And the point being, look, it's not about me talking to Robin. It's about Robin talking to people out there who are depressed, who are feeling lost or feeling pandemically challenged. He's there to remind you that laughter, that comedy, that joy of life, and that loving life is really a place to be.
1: And laughter is a frequency. That's what heals. So it should be in your damn book.
0: <laughs> I should write that down. It is, but not in those words. But still, I would put that laughter true. is a frequency. It's a frequency that heals. Laughter, I mean, that...
1: Is, laughter is also a frequency that heals. Okay.
0: And, and yes, it is there, but not as a quote from and some, him. I know. But I'll put it on the cover.
1: Laughter is also a frequency.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Because the book is about frequency of, you know, of what a, the sound wave is, but also what, what color is. It's a frequency and what consciousness is. Consciousness is. It's also a frequency. I mean, it's a wave. Anyway, we taught it's you know it's a very there was some point I thought well this book is all over the place because I got scientists talking about consciousness, I got you know, whatever friends of mine talking about consciousness or talking about talking to the flip side, or it's conversations that Jennifer excerpts of previous conversations we've had with musicians, Jimi Hendrix, Prince, et cetera. Et cetera.
1: I see Jimmy all the time. Isn't that like, funny not, I mean, like when we watch so. My husband took me to Sunset Marquee. That's my, I love the Sunset Marquee. That's, you know, it's just a great place. Tons of musicians have been there. It was a house of, you know, so it's old, but yet they've remodeled everything. Anyway, Jimi Hendrix, there's this huge poster. Like everywhere I go, he's there. Yeah,
0: that's and great.
1: I just sit there and I'm like, that's so cool. I no, love. and I, I think it's it feels really like amazing. home when I'm there, and I just never put that together. We talked to so many musicians. I think like, I've talked to you, I've talked to you, I've talked to you.
0: It's <laughs> just pretty cool. Well, it's that idea also that they still exist, not only through their music, which they do, of course, like a photograph, you still exist. I think it's fascinating because the more conversations we've had with people when us one of their songs comes on, I see it now from a completely different perspective because I've heard. So many things about them and their journey that I could hear a completely different take. What? <laughs> sorry. She, what, what? was it? What was that? Who were you talking you know, to?
1: Right, there's so many sidebars. So then, Janice Joplin came in. She's like, you know what? She goes, yeah. Music's a frequency. Laughter's a frequency. They're they're all just like it's just funny to me that they're all,
0: you know. Well, does she mocking somebody or does she wanna add to that?
1: I think love is the ultimate frequency that creates, oh my gosh, you stop me, stop it, Janice. Say it one more time. Love is the frequency that creates all of who you are from above and below.
0: Love is the frequency that creates all of who you are above and below what's your impression of the book janice
1: it's thick it's a big <laughs> book it's big it's big is it i don't know
0: it's not huge like the other book it's books. not huge
1: it's not in the 700s but is it like 590 it's 590. like
0: 5 40 something like that 540 I be
1: be like don't know. I'm 60 or something by the time it's finished, but are you already finished it? But you're, there's No, I, after.
0: yeah. And I might've reduced it even more just because I, I repeat myself, you know, as I do here. What? What? <laughs> but oh. So it's editing me out so we can just focus on the artists and in some of its newer stuff. I'm yeah, so. very
1: excited about it. All of them are very excited about
0: it. Well, that's I cool. Know. I mean, the Janice conversations came out of our podcast, so that's You know, we hadn't spoken to her before that happened here. So it's all over the map. So there's some stuff from podcasts, there's stuff from previous books, there's stuff from conversations I've had with other people that I've never reported on. And then it's also weaving in my mom, the concert pianist, who taught me how to read a score, the way my dad taught me how to read a blueprint. So to see how all the notes fit together. And it's actually told as a musical piece because it begins with uh, you know sort of the prelude and then it goes in and there's an intermission where I let all the musicians talk about what music meant to them and then afterwards there's a reprise where you go back to the beginning of what we're talking about and then at the end there's an encore where I I speak about the music.
1: Robin says he could be the intermission.
0: He well he's in there I think maybe not but it's a lot of people Beethoven, Bach you know who talk about music there's,
1: it's okay because there's gonna be another one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, i see he says there's gonna be two a second book is that what you mean a second book on music wow a second book on
1: music and what it could do for the afterlife okay
0: so this is like a prelude in a it way it
1: connects it connects to them so music yeah. we actually Woo! hold on bingo We actually feel like they're connecting to us because of the music, right? But we're actually connecting to them is what they're saying. By having, you know, they, songs come on. They, there's a lot of coincidences that happen that get them to, to connect or for us to feel them. But what happens is that music, that thread with our heartstrings pulls them in.
0: So There's, it's, it's a, like a communication.
1: More, yeah, they say they get way more out of it. They say, okay, thank you. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so how, how would you say that? He just showed me a sterile environment, making music up there. Okay, so just kind of put that in your mind. Yeah. Down here, when, we, when, when we're playing music or when we're, you know, we're playing music, they get to hear it. It just is a whole different experience for them on the other side.
0: And then, how does the connection take place?
1: It connects even more than you know. The connection comes from the heartstrings. It's connected to the music that you're listening to. That's connected to them on the other side. It's fascinating.
0: Uh, so I'm. So let me ask about: Are we also discussing chromatics? And the reason I ask that is because
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. He says yes right away. Oh,
0: okay. So and, and what I mean by that is a chromatic is there's a particular sound or a tone. Hey, look what I got. So that's a, that's a tone. Uh, Tibetan, you know, bell. Very, very high frequency. And says. so, but on top of that, an, uh, there's an octave up which has a little higher frequency and then we keep going up and it keeps going up. So Technically, you could say that this bell goes all the way through the universe into anybody else who might know this tone. And you see how it just continues to reverberate? So chromatics would be, uh, it's like a, a color, for example. A color.
1: So when you, when you did that, I got the chills immediately. And that's what happens. It connects to the other side, which then in, returns, in return, we get the chills. I always say that they're in our frequency or they're in our electric magnetic field, which they wanna talk about, hold on. That vibrates of, you know, that goes to all, to all those different levels of, of different dimensions or however you want it, like what, yeah. with what you're saying, sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I was gonna say also color, as you know.
1: Yeah. okay, but, sorry. Go ahead. I'm like the last two days. Everybody from the other side seems like they're sitting right next to me. It is so clear and so profound from the time I woke. You know, for two days straight, and I'm like, "Why is you guys so close?" And they just showed me the beaver moon. <laughs> oh, like,
0: there's a oh, moon yeah. every
1: it's... time. There's just, every time there's a moon, but especially an eclipse, it intensifies. Oh. Ah, so oh, so interesting. So if you're putting out whatever you're vacillating on, if it's negative. Going to bounce right back to you a thousand times over. Oh okay. Just like that bowl. Like that bowl is more intense now in this frequency of what's happening with our planet and the moon than it would be, let's say, two weeks ago.
0: Interesting. Well, I was going to say color has chromatics as well. So, like the color red, bright red, when you look at the pink or other colors that are variations of red, it's like they've been watered down a little bit but they still carry the frequency of the original color and if you think of music or tone or speaking the same way so my loved ones on the other side can hear my voice and they're familiar with it because they know the frequency but that was the idea about chromatics what are you listening what are they saying sorry i just keep
1: asking them questions sorry
0: good Hey, it's an open mic. We have an open mic here. We just wish we could hear what you guys are talking about. But go ahead. Lou? No, I'm
1: just like, how bad is my rib?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you going to be okay? When, be okay? You
1: were, when you were describing the colors and how the colors go to pink and everything, and I'm thinking of my red, I'm thinking of it being red. It's not red. But I can see it's, when I look into a body, I can see infrared of where they hurt. And yeah. so when I do that for myself. I can see the yellow, which means usually that's an indication that's healing, but I just want to make sure I'm not having any like serious because it hurts so bad. I'm making sure that it's not something really, really, really serious. And he just, from what I'm getting,
0: it. So I'm going to ask Luana this question because I'm more familiar with her uh, version of healing because she's been in that healing class for so many years. Lou, we've talked about Tonglin. the the Tibetan meditation give and take. So Jennifer's seeing this color red. If, if I, if she, or I imagine a color, a healing color, let's call it blue. And I imagine in my mind's eye, like blue light and blue smoke sort of pouring onto her redness, red spot. Does that heal it in any way? Or how does that work?
1: Hold on one second. Okay. Um, Say that, I apologize. Say That's that. Okay. I was I'm, just checking I'm to asking see. Lou. I'm checking to see if my client could be moved, and she hasn't gotten back, back to me.
0: Okay. But uh, my question for Lou is about meditation. Okay. Being a Buddhist uh, that she had been, can a person help heal themselves doing Tonglin meditation, where you imagine that the color, as you just said, it's red? So what's a healed color for you and your ribs? What color would that be? Pick one.
1: Iridescent. So. Green? White. 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 I so guess. H-
0: so how can she imagine? Yellow
1: means, it's, yellow, means it's, yellow means it's starting to heal, which was great.
0: And then it goes to? It goes
1: um, to clear.
0: To clear. So, Lou, my question to you is, can Jennifer meditate and think about that clear light that that sort of iridescent light and sort of have that go down onto the red will that help her
1: yeah it will
0: and so there by extension'll help I everybody
1: just did it. I just did it but I asked her the question should I do it from here out like getting rid of it or do I need to put the light in and it's either either way it's whatever works for you
0: okay or and-
1: or actually have it cycle
0: out. Just for context in the book, flip side, I described going to a classroom on the flip side and seeing Luana in there. And it's a healing light class where they're helping people to manipulate doctors, shaman medicine, people, how to manipulate the healing light of the universe, whatever that means. And so I've asked the teacher about that. And so it seems to be related to Tonglin or this idea of calling upon a healing light. Yeah. So it cures people of depression by doing that, by trying to imagine helping somebody else. It, it fixes the amygdala. I mean, that's science. But my question is, can you help yourself by doing that meditation? Can you heal? Yes. Okay, so that's a, a because, valued hack for the hacking the afterlife.
1: Yeah, she also says don't, if it's too difficult or if it's, there's no wrong way to do it other than to know that there's a higher, not a, not a hierarchy, but a, universe, okay, a bank account that's open to you for healing.
0: <laughs> what a wonderful way to put it, but I, I understand the differentiation, which is a higher healing power, but like a bank account that you already own. So that you're pulling it out
1: unlimited. You have there's no limit to what's in your bank account ever. Wow. Wow. So that that energy bank account of yours is limitless. You just have to call upon it. There's no point in storing it because it doesn't there's no
0: storage. So Luana, what do you recommend ways that people can access that of that bank account, that healing bank account? What's the best if- Visualize yourself already healed. Okay. That's very
1: specific. Assume the feeling as if you're already healed and believe in it. And then pretend that you just put, I know she just showed me a band-aid. Hold on. That's so cool. Because everybody knows what a band-aid is, right? No one gets confused about it's not a light. It's not, it's tangible. Yeah. They're saying like, I'm like, you're putting a bandaid on my rib. And she started laughing. She goes, no. But when you assume that it's already healed, just pretend that it's healing. Like it's a scab that it's healing. And then when you feel that it's, you know, in the same moment, take off the bandaid and know it's gone. So you can actually have that visual at the same time. I'll say it again. Or she'll tell me again. Hold on. Wherever you're hurting, put a bandaid on it. Feel that it's healed, take it off, and you're done.
0: Very good. So, that's like a, a, a specific meditation for healing. We'll call it the Band Aid Meditation. I like that. It's very good, yeah. Lou. Thank you for that. Uh, very interesting. Is there anything you want to comment about the conversations I've had over the past couple of days with neuroscientists about consciousness? <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: She said boring, but
0: <laughs> boring. Okay.
1: Because you're explaining a lot only because you have to, or only because you're. But no, no,
0: I understand what you're saying. It's science. You know, it's science. talking it's about actually,
1: the. Right. And science definitely is catching up, she says. But you can't take on the whole science world.
0: Well, I just want to report that in the past week or so, I've had two neuroscientists that I've had a conversation with where we did,
1: she said it was fascinating. It
0: was for me as well. And where we did the kind of thing that I do with people where I help walk them into visit their council. And just to say, neither one of these guys had read any of my books or knew anything about councils, but I knew both of them were open to the concept. So I had them both go in to see their councils. And in each council, there was somebody on their council who was not from the earth, who had not ever incarnated on earth. And they recognized them as somebody that they had known on another planet, from another planet, another species. And it was very powerful for them to see these individuals because they had no idea they could, but also to hear from those individuals, not only that you're always tethered to your guides, Mm -hmm. that you're always, the guides are always there to help you, but that you can access this information on your own. You don't need to have somebody, you know, do a hypnotherapy session. You can do it on your own. Also, and the final thing, and this is, you know, about me, of course. No, no, no,
1: okay, we're good. Sorry about that, I just need to make sure. You
0: checked your, I'm seeing you, we're watching you check your your clock.
1: Only so we have more time. <laughs> I know, I know that. And I know. Now we, so guess what? Now we have another 12 minutes.
0: All right, all right, so, Here's here was the, the real the punchline for me, which was I ask each council member, are you familiar with this work that I'm doing? So it's a question about me. Uh, again, I'm talking to a scientist in an August institution somewhere on the planet, let's just say a Ph.D. And during the conversation, he's now seeing a council that he's never seen before, just like Dr. Drew does in Hacking the Afterlife. People in the council he's never met before, he's going along the road asking them specific questions about right. his journey and his life. But I ask, do you know me? Are you familiar with my work? And sometimes council members say, no, never heard of you. But in both of these guys' cases, they both said, they're telling me everyone in this council knows you. They know what you're doing. And they think it's important for humanity to know what you're doing, which is a different way of saying we're our podcast is huge. On the flip side, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not so much here. I don't well, know the what numbers.
1: I, what I what I was getting was um, when you said that it also in time and space because it does it, it. I want to say it's timeless, um, but from what I No, and I don't, I think you share the same opinion. There is no time and space, right? And so what we're doing, well, for me, maybe not- No, I
0: always like to disagree with you. Time Experience is linear, like you learn something. So it's relatively different and so much so that it it feels like when you're on the flip side that there is no time. However, and as near-death experiences show, When people recount what happened, they go, well, I saw my mother and then I saw my, it's everything is experienced, linearly experiential, you see, but even then they say, but, uh, but I saw all my lifetime simultaneously. So that's why you feel like there is no time because everything's compressed. You can see things that happened a million years ago, let's say, and it feels like it happened yesterday, but it's still yesterday. It's not today. It's yesterday. You see? So it's, that's why I always, I always like to, because people's, once they get into that mindset of like, there's no time. they get
1: All right. Let's talk about past lives for just a second. Yes, dear. Because I just, they just showed this in my head. Um, I described to somebody that asked me like, do you believe in past lives? And, you know, I said to her, I'm like, this is how I kind of view it. You have a mother, like my mom had seven children. So let's just say, you're the soul, the mom's a soul, and the seven children in each lifetime, they're still a part of that soul. Right. So, but they're still individuals and they still hang out with, you know, they still can interfere with one another because they're born to the same family, right? Right. But if each child was born in a different time frame, okay, or a yeah. different, or a, so, but they all go back to the mom, the soul, or you can call it Gaia, you can call it Source, you can call it whatever you want whatever yeah. you want. I don't know. It actually made sense at the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does make sense. And I mean, I, you know, because the word... part
1: of your kids, like, you know, whether you want to acknowledge that. Or well, not.
0: there is that, but I would just say this, I'm, you know, in terms of conscious energy, which is kind of what we're talking about when we use the word soul, people get hung up in soul being an object or a thing. Uh, but it, it seems to, it appears to function like uh, uh, like water. So a portion of conscious energy is in us, right? But there's a portion that's home, always back home. So even while oh, we're here in our body, experiencing things in a time, timely fashion, over there, it's, some part of us is not. It's, it's, a, baby,
1: it's a, a babysitter.
0: Yeah, and keeping an eye on us, hopefully, and not playing pinochle with their pals while we're, you know, begging for help. But still, that being said, once we leave the stage, we go back home. And we're then aware of all of our previous lifetimes. However, people like Jennifer can help you be aware of your, pre. by just asking her, can we talk to about, and then you can say, you know, did I have a lifetime as a pilot in World War II? And she might say, yes, no. But then you can say, well, how about before that? Do you see any lifetime I might've had? And then she might say, I'm seeing you, you know, as a truck driver, whatever.
1: You said the pilot in in World War II. I'm like, yeah, I shot you down.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's not good. I know. Uh, It's hilarious. But, you know, you'd have to have read all of our books to get that joke.
1: (laughs) I didn't, they showed it to me. I I wouldn't remember that.
0: Well, in my case, since I don't like, uh, I don't like flying that much. You know, you always think like, where, you know, where does this come from? Anyway, look, it's not about who we were specifically. It's to, just like you say,
1: to gain strength from whatever, you
0: know, we're all part of that, that garden. We're all part of that same garden that we all end up going back to. So that garden with all of its plants and flowers and, and whatever it is, that's who we are. But we're also here on this stage doing stuff. But
1: so I asked if, you know, is there anything like, is it wrong not to believe in past lives? And to my chagrin, they said, yes. I'm like, what? What do you mean? And Juana said, if, if you don't believe in past lives, it will be challenging for you to believe in an afterlife.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. Just as a, I know, there's a lot.
1: Lo- I just thought that was interesting.
0: No, no, it's just as a form of logic, which is, and we've talked about this. The idea of accessing other lifetimes or people off the planet requires a certain belief that it's possible. It's the same thing like seeing your father in a dream, and then suddenly in the dream you're holding him, you're feeling the hair on his arm, and then you remember, oh, he passed away. It's like you change the frequency so that they disappear because you don't longer believe. I was
1: so mad at myself for that. I was so, and that's what.
0: So that's kind of what she's saying, which is if you're adamant and you put a block up that it's possible that life goes on, it's going to be very difficult or that life went on before you got here. So people ask me all the time, what's the point of examining previous lifetimes? It's to realize that you chose them. You chose this one. And there's a reason for all of them. There's a theme. Once you see like, oh, I played this role. I played that. Oh, This is all part of a bigger play that's about the theme of my lifetime or my journey, which includes all those lifetimes. So that's why it's important to see it because then you lose fear about what's happening. Right. That's very hard to do, but it's worth trying.
1: Yes, it is. And on that note.
0: (laughs) On that note, Lou, any last words of advice?
1: Thank you, Hira. She's like, thank you, Hira. Robert's going to be thrilled to hear about that. He will. And Richard, keep writing your heart out.
0: Keep writing my heart out. Very good. Thank you, Jennifer. We appreciate your gifts. Luana, thank you for showing up. Robin Williams, thank you. Prince, I know you swung by, but we didn't talk to you. We, we will in the future. And of course, to Hira, the Hungarian Commodore, gave us a lecture on how to communicate with pets and, on the flip side.
1: Please check out his you know, Richard Martini's website if you haven't already. Check out my website, jennifershafer.com I'm actually going to open up one day that I'm telling you guys first about since I'm completely booked, it feels like, for the rest of the year. Um. So Great. love my listeners that come here. So S-H-A-F-F-B-R.com.
0: Very good, and I do a thing at the end of our podcast with the, you hear my voice, repeat that. Oh my
1: gosh, I've never seen that.
0: (laughs) Very good. We love you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Catch you you on the flip side. Okay. Bye. Bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife Podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschafer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.